0: Hello, today you're listening to Youth Entrepreneurship in a Nutshell by First Main in collaboration with Such India Foundation. I'm Asif and I'm your host for this episode. In our final episode for the season, we have Sankalp Mohan Sharma, who has been the host all along. Hi, Sankalp, how are you doing today? Hi, Asif, I'm good. Thanks for having me. For the listener, just to introduce Sankalp, Sankalp Mohan Sharma is a global youth leader, activist. He's the founder and director of the Global Such Foundation, present in over 10 countries across the world. Sankal, so, would you like to
1: introduce yourself in a way? Sure. Um, thanks Thanks for that introduction, Asif. I'm really excited. Same here. Very excited. So I've basically been working with the youth uh, for a really long time now. I, I I started my organization with two or three main objectives. And so before I started off, I was really, really focused on working on the environment and water conservation. And I've worked with tons of really cool organizations. I loved what I was doing with them, but I was never able to implement my own ideas or my own um, goals. You know, I was implementing the ideas of the organization, the ideas um, that were given to me, but I was never able to do what I wanted to do. So that combined with my time at the United Nations. So I was in the United Nations in New York in 2017, and I met tons of brilliant, brilliant young people like myself. Uh, I mean, that's a very weird thing to say. I'm not going to say like myself. I'm going to say young people that work on sustainable development like myself, who are doing tons of uh, different things in different sectors. It could be quality education, climate change, global warming, water conservation, working on gender equality, reduced inequalities, all of that. And that kind of opened my vision and explained to me that I was not alone and I wasn't the only young person trying to create some change. So with these two thoughts in mind combined together, I decided to start a five-year-old brainchild of mine, which is called now the Such Foundation. And the organization sets us apart, um, sets us to be unique in two main ways. One is that this is the only organization that works on all the 17 sustainable development goals and not on one or two of them. And what really, really sets us apart is that we are the only organization that works solely with young people around the world on all these 17 goals. So ideals of the youth implemented by the youth um, for a better planet, for our race, and for everyone um, around us. That's basically what um, we try to do at the Such Foundation that's that's
0: beautiful like it's it's so good seeing that there's a whole organization that's filled with people like of our generation of the Absolutely. of the you that's Absolutely. working towards like doing good for the world right and um, everything that you've done most of what you've done is so much about giving to the world giving to others is there a reason behind all of this is there how does it make you feel
1: i've done Tons and tons of interviews, never been asked that. And that's potentially my favorite question that I've ever been asked. So I want to try try and answer it as well as you asked it. I'm going to say it kind of comes from my family in a way. Uh, my dad uh, served the Indian Army, which is probably one of the most selfless things anyone can do uh, in any country around the world. I um, still remember when I was uh, till, till about the age of three, three and a half, Um, uh, We stayed in Jammu, Kashmir, and uh, my dad was posted at the border. I didn't know who my father was. I just knew. So my father used to come back home uh, for like a couple of hours every two or three months. And so as a three year old or a two year old child, I never knew who my father was, what a father is. I just knew there was some man that apparently loves me, who's coming back to meet me and my mom and my sister. Every couple of months, right? So, I never knew who my father was, and to stay away from your family for such long periods of time, um, especially at a young age, is probably the most selfless thing someone can do. And so, starting from my father, then going towards my mother, who's uh, been a life skills trainer, who's, uh, you know, in more ways than one, helped tons of people along her own journey, who's helped women in difficulties, you know. celebrities women men people from all strata of society just really you know understanding their psychological issues understanding the difficulties of actually being a homemaker is the word my mother prefers over housewife and working with all of those women and helping them uh, bring out the best potential within themselves comes from my mother and finally my sister who's probably again one of the most selfless people i know Um, One of the biggest influencers in India, big Instagram influencer with close to a million and a half followers. And she's someone that started one of the coolest initiatives at our organization, the Such Foundation, which is called uh, the Good Teeth Saturday. With the basic intention of doing something good for anyone that you see around you on a Saturday afternoon or an evening. It doesn't have to be giving food to someone who's poor or money or donating or anything it can be literally anything you can help uh, someone in your locality some student with their homework you can help someone older get their vegetables you can just spread smiles in any way and so my sister did lots of really really cool selfless acts like you know creating fun uh, goodies that were given to uh, children on the roadsides on christmas eve she acted like santa and so just the combination of living with three of the most amazing people in the world yeah you was the combination of living with them yeah that's that's beautiful i think it's such
0: a it's a beautiful thing to be around beautiful people Thank to you. be around i'm glad that it's grown into the person that you've become right and just to highlight something to the listener something that sankal believes in i'm going to read it out loud and i'm going to have him have you explain a part of it right so you say, as we grow older, quote, as we grow older, we start accepting facts instead of understanding them, which is what we truly wanted to do as youngsters, the youth is free from the realms of the undesired norms of
1: the society. So if you could also explain how important that is now. That, that's a great question again. And that is something that, you know, I've believed in all along, all along my journey, but something that I really put together in words when I was presenting my first tech talk in 2017. And so for you, for example, and for all the listeners that are listening, I want everyone to take a minute and think back to your childhood or probably that part of your childhood when you were asking your parents too many questions, Uh, questions that were like, why is India called India? Who invented the sandwich? Uh, Why do you keep a laptop on a table? Why is blue, blue and green, green? Questions that made our parents either laugh at us for asking something that was so silly or probably even got a tad bit furious at us because what we asked was just annoying to them. And now, several years later, let's actually think about these questions. Why is India called India? Who actually invented the hand? And what do colors truly mean? These are questions, the answers of which we actually do not know. So this is when I actually realized that as kids, We have one of the most amazing powers, which is an inquisitive mind. We question everything around us. Why is the bottle shaped like this? Why are potatoes eaten by human beings? We question everything around us. And because of this questioning ability, many a times it is young people that find the coolest solutions for the biggest problems around the world. You never know, you know, probably the COVID pandemic could also be solved by a similarly inquisitive young mind. And as we start growing older, we start accepting these facts. A table is where you keep your laptop. India is the name of the country. You stop questioning them and you just accept them because that's how it is in the society. And so the young people are free from these undesired you know, norms, undesired realms. And really by questioning everything around us, the youth are creating an impact for our planet for our race and in the best and most innovative way possible and that's why actually I love working with the youth. That's brilliant that's brilliant
0: again for the listener I'm going to repeat his belief the one part that I really like for people all around the world the youth is free from the realms of the undesired norms of the society all right now let's move on to a sort of an ice-breaking session. This is going to be yes or no. Whatever questions I ask, you're only going to get to say yes or no. So I have five questions. Gotcha. Is the world at a state that's beyond recovery? No. Alright. Is the youth really concerned about the world we live in? Yes. Of course. There is a larger chunk of people destroying the earth than saving it. No and yes. Yeah, it's a 50-50. India is striving towards a more cleaner environment. 100% yes lack of education about a sustainable environment is the main problem yes okay that's brilliant again like you know going more about like your work in such India foundation what is there a part of this something that does something about educating or you know raising awareness about all of these issues since you work in this field right? or like how do you contribute to this
1: No, that's a great question again. And so the thing is that a lot of times when an organization is working for something that's considered more of a social cause, like sustainability, environment and things like that, there's always criticism coming your way. And I'll explain why I say that right now, there's an organization, let's say, for example, that works on environment and focuses on educating people uh, about how to be environmentally friendly about how to protect our environment. The criticism it will receive is that all you do is talk, but you do not actually take any actions. All you do is raise awareness, which is what anybody can do. Now, let's take another organization that is also working on the environment. But all they do is plant saplings, clean places and all of these great things. When they do stuff like that, people will go ahead and say, you can clean the beach today, but someone will come and dirty it again tomorrow. And so what is more important is educating people and not really taking action. And so criticism will always come to you in both terms. And there's no right answer as to what is more important. Is it educating and changing mindsets or taking action? Maybe 50 years Earlier, I would have said it's only educating and changing mindsets. But now to the place uh, we've reached as a planet, it's a little bit of both. And so at the such foundation, we try to work on both things, uh, which is education yes. on the sustainable development goals and on goals in particular, as well as actually taking action and implementing change on those goals. So for example, you will never see me taking an education um, educational session with young people on animal rights, on how to protect and work with animals, because I don't know much about it. And so what we try to do at the Such Foundation is collaborate and partner with organizations that have extensive experience, that have extensive knowledge in particular fields and try to connect with them and learn from them and help educate the youth through them, which is extremely, extremely important and crucial, um, according to me and um, my organization.
0: Right, yeah. I think it's absolutely necessary and essential to be... Partnering with other organizations as well in the process. I mean, there's nothing bad in admitting that uh, you are not also well versed in a specific field. It is almost impossible to be well versed in all fields. So, True. working True. in togetherness is the best way to go. Right? Something in the previous answer that there's a lot of criticism that comes right yeah. along the same team. There is also a lot of con- there is a lot of um, concern that comes when someone is working for a social cause. With social causes comes uh, the question that is this cause going to work? Is it going to make money or what is the aim of it? How do you push through all of that and come ahead and actually do something?
1: I think the situation that you've spoken of is super true. Criticism has been huge simply because people do not want to adapt to new practices. Why come out of your comfort zone? Unless and until there is at least some sort of monetary benefit, you know. People okay. love to be comfortable and they only like to come out of it when they see some sort of benefit for them. Um, and mostly around the world, if they're able to see a way to make money off of it. Tomorrow, if environment is one of the biggest ways to make money, trust me, the whole world will start working on environmentally friendly practices. So yeah. what you say is really, really true. And I agree 100%. I think, how do I, how do I really convey what I'm, I, I'm just having a million thoughts rushing through my head simply because maybe I'm just so passionate about this and I'm not sure how to put it in words. I'd say the nonprofit sector is treated very differently here. Nonprofits and foundations and organizations like mine in the Western part of the world don't function as an NGO that work only on donations they have proper board of uh, directors, they have employees that are paid a salary and all of that. And what these organizations uh, in the western part of the world focus on is creating change by holding actual companies and corporations accountable. And I'll tell you you how. So for example, let's look at Starbucks, let's look at McDonald's. As soon as they started doing unethical practices in their uh, methods and means of working, It was organizations like mine in the Western world that started questioning their authority, that started questioning their practices and started really protesting against the organization. If you read about it, these organizations started creating mass protests near Starbucks stores in the U.S., they started boycotting mcdonalds for their for their methods of uh, development of product and the way the employees were treated the non parity in salaries and wages paid uh, ethical coffee production and all of that and so what organizations like mine in the western world specifically do is work like the opposition party in a government they hold the company accountable for what they are working towards mm-hmm. and so I feel going towards that approach is also something that needs to be balanced with doing the social work, with educating people, uh, which is absolutely necessary and super important accordingly. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, I, the government also has a huge role to play, play in
0: this. Right? When, when the government encourages other people to take up social work and True. do good for the, the country and the world in general. Yeah. Like, Can you tell us a little bit about how when exactly like you started and from what point you've grown to what point you've reached in such India Foundation?
1: Sure thing, man. So I I actually, I can tell you about how the entire thing really started, how my passion for the environment actually came about. And this was because I don't remember in which grade, I believe it was the seventh or eighth or sometime in middle school that apparently Mm -hmm. I scored well in my exams or something. And my dad decided to give me a laptop as a present, as a gift. And it was like, it was an age where kids are generally given mobile phones, at least at the time, and not laptops. And so instead of a mobile phone, the first device I received was a laptop. And my mom was uh, still, uh, you know, slightly reluctant as to giving me a laptop because she felt that, you know, there may be um, ways for me to really deviate myself from education, get spoiled, just get into gaming or whatever. But it was really my dad's confidence and that laptop that really changed my life. Being a public speaker, I love watching TED Talks. And so with that laptop, I actually started watching hundreds of TED Talks every single day. I started reading, um, you know, journals, newspapers, articles, websites, and just watching hundreds and millions of videos and eventually found My passion for the environment, my passion for working with the youth, it was literally that one sole laptop and I've had two or three other laptops since that year, but I still keep that first laptop with me because it's so close to my heart. I started the such foundation on that laptop, I wrote out the entire concept of the organization what I intend on doing my entire five year planning of the organization on that laptop. And simply because of the planning, the education, and everything that Laptop personally specifically gave me um, is why the foundation, within two years, is now in over 10 countries, is helping people around the world, helping orphanages, helping slums, helping victims of terrorist activities, helping people affected by natural calamities, and just doing so much for our race and for our planet. So I think. It all started off with that one laptop and a father's idea to help improve the education of his son in terms of a gift, which has now gone on to me trying to help this planet and trying to also help other younger people and give them a uh, opportunity to take their local ideas and get those implemented globally um, is where I've seen the foundation grow to uh, as of as of today. That's, that's beautiful. Like, I love how you've attached so much value
0: to that one laptop that you created the organization from it. You developed the
1: plan from the laptop. I think it's beautiful. Absolutely. You still have the laptop? I do. I'm, I'm in the US right now and I could only come with limited amount of stuff. But that laptop is something I did not leave. Wow, okay. Let's move from all of this serious talk on to
0: something a little more fun. So, <laughs> you have exactly 60 seconds and I have 10 questions with me. I'm going to read oh these okay. out of it, So, ready?
1: Mm-hmm,
0: let's go. If you could send one message to the youth of India, what would it be? Believe in yourself. Are oh, beautiful. What's the one chance in lifestyle that you think can change the world?
1: Listening to your youth.
0: Beautiful. Okay. One thing you do to keep yourself motivated every day. Talk
1: to my family.
0: Okay. First thing that comes to your mind when I say the following things. One, climate change.
1: Act today. Bangalore. Oh, my house, my home. Basketball. Oh, Michael Jordan, the GO twenty-three. Indiana. Education, home away from home. Okay. Community needs to be built and created with love. Okay. The last one. What was the
0: biggest hurdle you faced in your early years with the Such Foundation?
1: Not being taken seriously
0: for my age. Okay. That's that's one minute. All right. That was quick. Good. All right. So. concluding right what are the what some things that you really want some budding entrepreneurs you know the youth to know and something that you've learned
1: throughout your journey because you've you've done a lot right that's that's kind of beautiful i think one of the things that i would say and re-emphasize and i'm talking about this in every episode of this amazing podcast is the importance of consistency you know i am the worst singer in the world that you will ever meet you do not want to hear me sing But for the next 10 years, if I just continue to sing, 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 try to work on my singing every single day, even for 10 minutes, 10 years from now, I could potentially be a brilliant singer, even though I don't have the voice. Why? Because I was consistent. So for every young budding entrepreneur out there, no matter what hurdle you face, you start a business and it shuts down on the first day. more realistically, you start a business and the next day, the whole world comes to a pandemic, which is happening today, which is happening with the world right now. Irrespective of what happens, be consistent. That's my first important and most most significant key piece of advice. Just don't stop doing what you do. Just be consistent, consistent, consistent. Now, many people will say that's stupid because many of the things we do are broken down by things like a pandemic and our consistency cannot really work. That's where my second piece of advice comes in. Learn to adapt. Learning to adapt is the most important thing that i can emphasize on after consistency try to adapt with new situations new cultures adapt with the generation you're working with adapt with the timings adapt with the change in political scenarios in your country with the need uh, or demand for products the need or demand for services you know how on instagram one video one person just ends up going viral sometimes you could be at 2,000 followers the next day or at 30,000 followers because of a dance video you posted. Understand the culture and adapt to it. So be consistent, adapt. And finally, and the most important, I'm saying this for all of them that they're super important, but I really, really believe in these things. That's why you're hearing the passion. The third and one of the most important things for me is the ability to relate. Okay. Relatability is super duper important for me. If you think you're creating a product, that people can relate with, you will be successful. Why does why do people love certain actors? Because they can relate to them when they see them in a movie. Why do people relate to certain movies? Because they can relate to that movie because that's something that may have happened in their daily life. Why do people love certain products in the United States, for example? Why do people love the Apple? Because they can relate to that product so well, they can find convenience, they can find a certain amount of relatability through their advertisement campaigns works well here similarly if you look at the apple brand in india doesn't work so well because that brand was not able to relate with the indian culture with the indian people and so on the other end of the spectrum let's look at coca-cola it's the amount of money coca-cola makes is more than the gdp of like so many countries they really really adapt you know you look at coca-cola in india they have their own advertisements for every single state. Rajasthan has a different advertisement. Mumbai has a different advertisement. Bangalore has a different advertisement based on languages. So companies like Coca-Cola that are so adaptable in the world makes it a well-recognized brand, makes it successful. So be consistent, adapt, and be relatable. Okay. For all of the listeners,
0: you should probably write that down. All right. So... Bringing this to an end, this is the final episode of the series. Sankalp has been hosted the remainder of the episodes, and if you want, if any of the listeners want to get in touch with any of the speakers, you can email us, and you should stay in touch with. In a nutshell, for any other future updates, Sankalp, would you like to say anything to the listeners of the podcast?
1: I think this has been really, really fun. This is the first time I've done something like this, but I think it's it's new again. What something. First Main is doing really well, like I said, is adapting. Podcasts are the next big thing. And to create a podcast on young people and entrepreneurship with young people uh, is absolutely brilliant. It's been an absolute honor hosting this brilliant, brilliant series of podcasts. for young people around the world and everyone that's listening, I've loved talking to all the people that I've had the chance to speak with. And it's been really, really amazing to share bits of my journey, learn from their journeys, and really help anyone in any little way possible that we could. So this has been really, really fun. I look forward to doing so many more cool things with First Main and the Such Foundation jointly. And I really, really want to thank everyone that helped. Put this together and really give me this amazing opportunity. Thank
0: you, Sankhar. It's been brilliant talking to you. All of your stories and all of the lessons that you had to give out, truly brilliant and valuable for all of the young entrepreneurs and everyone else around the world. Thank you to all the listeners and have a good day.